Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Intruder Theatre in the Making podcast. I'm your host, Remy Rahuba, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, this is part two. Part one was in episode 32, and episode 32 and 33 are devoted to Fringe, where I share inside tips, advice, um, into the French for anyone who wants to take their show to Edinburgh, but not only. Maybe you want to take your show to any other festival, maybe Vault Festival, maybe some of the things could be useful, helpful. Uh, now I'm basing all uh, my tips and advice on my solo play, Intruder in Truth, that I presented at Summer Hall. I premiered it at it at Summer Hall last August. We got extended. Uh, and you can find all the info about the play um, uh, on various social media handles uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Intruder Play, or you can go to our website, intruderplay.com. I update it quite regularly, so uh, you can have a look and check what I put over there and even for some latest news or some photos. Um, I presented it at the Fringe and soon I'm presenting it, well, soon, Monday and Tuesday, 5th and 6th of December at Theatre 503. So hopefully if you catch this episode before that, I'll be delighted if you came and saw the play. If not, then we're going to be at the Vault Festival 28th and 29th of January. And actually, Vault Festival selected us as um, Vault Festival Pick of Summer Hall, which was very, very exciting. I didn't even know anything about it. Uh, so that's always good news. So, yes, hopefully see you there. If you listen to the podcast, you can come to the to see the play and then you can stay and say hello I would be delighted um, so in the previous episode I talked about a couple of things accommodation technical star uh, run and staff flyers leaflets programs front of house box office staff and in this episode I'd like to focus on press press releases promo extension and the industry so that's it and let's maybe kick off so first of all press and press releases how did I go about doing it I didn't know much about it I didn't know how to approach journalists it was quite an unknown thing to me my ex-co producer sent me a list of all the journalists that I could approach I think it was quite a long list I think there were like 80 or hundreds of emails emails and names that was it um, so back in May, I think at the end of May, um, even when I had COVID, I was in bed, I started sending all these press releases with a little bit of an intro email and then attached the press release, which basically included all the creatives bios, some info when the play, the play is going to be on, links, the themes of the play, and that was really it. And I just copied and pasted um, that email to all these uh, journalists and the emails that I had. Um, I repeated the same thing uh, at the end of June. Uh, maybe I could have done the same thing, um, like a shorter email in July, mid-July, but I didn't do that because I was rehearsing and I was very, very busy uh, emailing so many things. And as a writer, performer and also 
producer of the show, so I had quite a lot of things on my plate. So I think I sent only two emails to journalists. I never got any replies. Some of the emails came back that certain email addresses didn't exist anymore. Um, but I think if I was doing it again, maybe I could have sent one more email, so three emails. But I only did two. Also, because I think around June I saw a tweet by Lynn Gardner, and for anyone who doesn't know, Lynn Gardner is a top. UK critic, highly admired uh, woman, very nice, very approachable.、Mm, and I saw her tweet where she said that, you know, she doesn't like it when PR companies target her very aggressively about fringe shows four or five times, and she said that she's never going to to go to these shows that have this very aggressive promotion. And I didn't want to be one of Such people、mm, uh, to to have that you know to put someone off. Maybe this is also another reason why I send only two emails. I have no idea.、Um, so yeah, I listened to Lynn's advice and I emailed her. She emailed me back. She said that she would do her best to cover my show. She never made it, but I am still in contact with her, and hopefully she can come to my show at Vault Festival in January. Uh, so yes, so that was press and press releases. Me approaching them, it's really up to you how you want to do it. I think if you've got enough money, you can hire a PR company and I, they can do all the work for you.、Mm, I didn't, so I was doing it on my own. I know that certain theatre companies had,、uh, well, had hired PR companies. We had a little bit of a Zoom with Summerhall, and then we had subgroups during、um, the Zoom, and we talked to various artists, and some of them said that they had PR companies who did all the work for them. As far as I know, Summerhall also uses. A different PR company. They are called StorytellingPR.com,、um, who deals with all the press reviews. I know that they were also doing some press and PR work for some theatre shows that were at Summerhall. So you can approach them. There was a very lovely lady who works there. I think still does, Eleanor,、um, and、uh, yeah. I would recommend going to them, storytellingpr.com.、Uh, they were very, very helpful. If you don't have the budget, still, if you're part of Summerhall's program in 2023 or 2024. They would be very, very helpful. And Eleanor, Eleanor, if she still works there, she would provide you with some tips, advice. You know, if you need something, they would say, "Oh, maybe do this, do that." You never know. If you have the budget, go to them. I know they were very, very helpful when I was in Edinburgh. So that was、uh, press releases, and、uh, yeah, I sent, as I said, two. And then it was only a matter of you know going to Edinburgh and how did it really work、uh, at the French with the press?、Um, uh, we you know when you go over there you do get emails、um, who requests your well tickets to see your show. So I was receiving all these emails, or、so、my ex、um, car producer was receiving them because I actually. 
found it quite uncomfortable, um, you know, seeing who's going to to see my show. To be quite honest, whether it's going to be the Scotsman or you know uh, things like that, or people or newspapers like that, I I found quite uncomfortable. To be quite honest. Uh, initially to to begin with because then I didn't really mind um, uh, who came to my show especially when the reviews were out uh, during uh, I remember when we were premiering so during the premiere um, we had Joyce McMillan and Joyce McMillan is a very top critic for Scotland uh, for the Scotsman uh, the newspaper also one of the judging judges on one of, of one of the most prestigious awards uh, um, the French first so I know she was coming for our premiere which was a big thing to be quite honest and I remember that premiere was really really bizarre because my friends were there my family were there my parents were there and there was this critic sitting in the first row uh, looking at me um, because it's a very intimate show so it was very very bizarre I wasn't very comfortable with that um, and you know that oh it's the first time you're meeting the audience well the show is meeting the audience and you know the reviews will be coming soon so it was one of these things but she came I never I did email her never got a reply I think maybe the emails worked but I also know that she followed some of the Scottish playwrights that I know and they were retweeting resharing stuff about my play so maybe Joyce knew about my play this way I have no idea well she definitely was interested because because she came uh, um, for the premiere also Marcus is Scottish the director it has Scottish themes so maybe something for her as well so she um, came uh, uh, for the premiere and then who else did we have we had um, a reviewer from I think three weeks I think I talked about it last time she he came to the Polish performance and then actually they never came back for the English performance which was a shame so they never wrote a review because they didn't have time it's a shame because they would have been the only person that would have seen two shows two language shows but well what can you do there's nothing you can do Uh, there was a reviewer from the arts desk that came a little bit later on and also we had a reviewer from the stage the stage is like a really um, big um, um newspaper weekly newspaper that deals all things to do with theater uh, and her name was Natasha Tripling she came i think maybe during the second week it's very interesting with the stage the way it worked was that because someone may be asking Remy how did you get the stage to come and review your show because it's not always easy to get these reviewers to see your show now with the stage the way it worked was that um, I think two years ago a colleague of mine um, um, gave me details for the stage well journalist Giovanni Maso Maso I am really really sorry if I'm mispronouncing the names 
and uh, she works for the stage and I've been emailing her since then and then I think in June or July she emailed me and she said that oh maybe we could do like a little bit of a featurette before the fringe on my show which I was really really happy about I also know that um, storytelling PR people Eleonore that they came to London and they were pitching certain shows so I'm not really sure whether it was just Giovanni that wanted to do it or whether uh, storytelling PR they also you know pitched my show to them to her maybe it could be both maybe one I have no idea but Giovanni really wanted to have a chat about um, Intruder Intrus which was great Mm, and they did a little bit of a featurette on it uh, on my play and uh, and yes and then what happened was uh, when I was uh, at the fringe I emailed Giovanni and I just asked whether someone from uh, the stage could come and Natasha I could see the following day there was a request for a ticket from Natasha which was great uh, so yes that's that that that's that's how it was um, and uh, and yes Natasha was very very nice very you know responding to emails she wanted the press release and some photos which was really really great so that was quite straightforward and then I think during the extension we got uh, another like a blogger bouquets and brickbats lovely people I never knew that they were even coming until that review came up on my Twitter ping and here we go the review comes uh, so that was how it worked with the press. Mm, I think it was quite a lot, to be quite honest. Uh, now, later on, when we got an extension, what else did I... Of course, I, I was then um, emailing and um, going to various journalists that I didn't know before. Uh, I really wanted more reviews, um, especially towards the extension. And then during the extension, I was emailing quite a lot of people as well. But also what I did was I looked at other shows and other reviews and reviewers and who was reviewing them. And I then Googled them or looked them up on Twitter and then I I certain people I direct messages uh, messaged direct message sorry that's the correct word and some of them responded to journalists some of them didn't Uh, I think that the feature direct message is pretty good Um, and uh, yeah some people told me you know what Remy we're already back in London thank you so much for for your message maybe if you do your show in London maybe we can come and see see it and actually when I'm doing my play now in at Theatre 503 I emailed them or messaged them on Twitter and some of them will be coming so I would say you know what if you don't have email addresses for people uh, I don't think there's nothing wrong um, with you know direct messaging them on Twitter or you know checking something because they do respond and they people were very very nice and it's a direct contact for the journalist or for the reviewer or you know some kind of a guideline towards where you can find them or a particular place where you can find them on the website or you know I don't know um, a blog that they have so yeah I would always go and find people uh, in this way as well I mean social media 
and uh, and that was really it as far as the uh, the press and uh, and press releases. Um, I think probably I'm going to talk about more uh, when I talk about uh, promo uh, because it it kind of overlaps this whole thing um, and uh, and yeah um, I I will chip in and talk a little bit about press when I talk about promo. So press and press releases done. Now, moving on, uh, promo, how to promote your show, how did I promote my show, what did I find out, and how did that go? So, so to be quite honest with you, um, in 2018... I well I I had never been a big social media person. I never had any accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but then in 2018 when I was doing rehearsed readings, I was thinking okay, maybe it would be a good idea to have some social media handles so that people actually find out something about my play because otherwise how would they know about it? So then I started my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. One question was whether to have a, spe- a special account for my play, Intruder Play. Uh, would my account be enough or would I need another account for my play? That was one thing. Now, um, four years later, do I think it was useful? I'm not particularly sure. I mean, you know, it is extra work that you need to do because it's a, an account only uh, where you put uh, content about your play, about your project. It's extra work, extra time. (laughs) If I was doing it again, would I do it again? I am not really sure. If I was doing another play, potentially... I I don't know. It's a very tricky word. Tricky word, that's a funny word to me. Uh, Potentially no, uh, because I know how much time I'm actually spending on it and, uh, you know, looking at the number of followers, the number of, you know, whether it's increasing or not. Most of the followers increase whenever I'm doing some kind of an event or going to a festival. I don't know. Potentially no, but I'm just exploring it and sharing it because I do have a channel, Intruder Play, as I said, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that I put extra info on. On my personal, you know, um, Instagram, I don't normally put loads of stuff because I really, this is my private account, I do put their stuff about my play, but I don't want it to be only about my play. So that's maybe an advantage to have. Uh, Facebook or Twitter, Instagram account for your play, account for your play. That's one thing. So then, how did that go? So what I noticed uh, with time was, yes, I was, you know, promoting, doing different things. And actually, when I, when I got accepted um, to perform at Summer Hall, I then noticed that uh, I got more followers, especially on Twitter and Instagram. I was, I was doing, uh, you know, Polish performances, and I knew that, um, I think I talked about it, many episodes ago that I used to do community management for Call of Duty for the Polish community so I knew that Polish uh, community likes Facebook so I knew that okay for Polish people Facebook not necessarily Twitter and Instagram Twitter not existent in Poland I mean it's not there isn't a lot of traffic 
but it's a lot of traffic for UK community as far as Instagram, it's growing. So I was also using different platforms for different communities. So then when we got accepted into Summerhall, I noticed that I got more followers on Twitter and def well definitely Twitter and some on Instagram. Um, and I found Twitter uh, quite useful because it's very easy. You just share, you tag people and then people reshare certain contact, you hashtag certain words or places as well and that's easier so definitely uh, the number of my followers was increasing um, from March April on uh, and this is you know how people promote certain things and what people do mm, not as much on Instagram uh, Twitter now it's very very hard for me to say how it is now because we're talking you know, March 2022. Now, with so many things different, you know, so many different things going on with Twitter, I'm not really sure whether people are leaving Twitter, whether people are still using Twitter for promotion. I have no idea. I'm recording it now on the 1st of December, so I can't provide a lot of insight into it. So I knew that, especially for UK audiences, Twitter and Instagram would be useful, and Instagram for stories uh, that I would definitely use and talk about it in a couple of minutes. Uh, I know that Summerhall, not only Summerhall, but the French, I think, TikTok was the official sponsor or partner. I really don't know. I, we had a Zoom with, with Summerhall uh, when we were talking about PR and, and things like that. And then we had a little bit of a um, talk by TikTok people telling us, telling us about how TikTok works, what you do, what you don't, how it works. To be quite honest with you, I really found it very confusing when I went on TikTok. I opened an account but then I could hear only voices, different voices speaking, people doing various things. I did upload a couple of videos, but I really didn't see a lot of point in having a TikTok. It was me. I I didn't know how it works, how I could maybe use TikTok for my play. Uh, I didn't have loads of videos from rehearsals. I don't know, after a week and a half, I actually deleted TikTok because I really didn't know how to how to go about it. I just didn't see a point, any point in having it. So I don't know. It was just me. Maybe if you have TikTok, use it. If it's for you, amazing. Why not? I just found Facebook, Twitter, Instagram already quite busy and quite taxing at some point. So... Another platform, TikTok, especially as, you know, I didn't really have a lot of content. Maybe if someone was giving me some advice of how to use it, maybe I would have kept it. But I didn't. I'd, I deleted it. Um, and now, the other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, promotion uh, during the Fringe. And uh, especially as... Um, you know, it's interesting, and I think also it's going to work for Vault uh, Festival. One of the techniques, uh, or maybe one of the ways of increasing your reach, is uh, doing, I think, cross-tweeting or cross-promotion, I think, or barter tweets, barter promotions, whatever whatever the name for it is. Uh, in simple terms, to be quite honest, uh, it is when you reshare um, shows or info about shows 
from other people, and other people do the same thing for you. So um, I would tweet about a show, and then that show would tweet about me, which is quite useful. I find it quite, I found it quite enjoyable. To be quite honest, uh, just like a mutual mutual sharing i'm always all about sharing info about others so why not i think it's great to be quite honest um i did get some direct messages from certain people where they asked me whether i would direct what well, i would kind of swap tweets which i said fine why not and i did that and then i was liking uh, content by that company but to be quite honest with you they never liked any of my content so then I thought it was quite weird to be quite honest and then I kind of stopped doing it I don't know um, yeah you never actually meet all the people that you share content I mean content you can yes maybe some of them and I did make good friends with 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 certain people that I actually met on Twitter first and then we actually met in person and they were super super supportive um so so wonderful memories certain people I never met and I never spoke spoke to them during the fringe but I know this kind of mutual promotion is is very very nice and I think quite generous to be quite honest. Um, now um, during the fringe, what happened was I, as I said, found Twitter the most useful. So maybe if I was going to the fringe or any other festival, I would start a Twitter account um, and also um, Instagram stories. Uh, that was really quite straightforward and tagging and somehow was extremely um, extremely helpful extremely Ollie who doesn't work over there anymore uh, was dealing with the social media um, stuff always super helpful resharing info uh, yeah it was you know, I, 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 I really, really, I am very, very grateful to them that they, they, uh, they were, they were so warm and kind to me. Um, yeah. Um, and when I was at the fringe, it was just a matter of, you know, promoting, sharing stuff. As I was saying before, I had production photos, and uh, and I was you know putting it on social media and then putting stuff and links and um, bitly so making long um, long links shorter uh, bitly app i would always recommend downloading it's very very useful especially for twitter uh, so then, uh, yes, Twitter and Instagram, I used it mainly for the French, but also because we had Polish language shows, I used Facebook for different Polish Facebook groups and shared my content there. Um, what else does I notice um, at the French as far as promo? Okay, interesting trivia. So coming back to what I was saying before regarding Twitter and Instagram, mm, I also went to quite a lot of organizations that I knew um, uh, in Scotland because I lived over there for eight years. I went to Creative Scotland, who I got funding for in 2012. I went to my drama school mm, and I had, as I said, quite a lot of friends and I know quite a lot of creatives. So actually my promotion was 
heavily dependent on on them, um, which is always great because they are local folk, so they know people and they always can, excuse me, tell others about it and, you know, reshare content. And it was really quite straightforward for them to just to, you know, reshare my tweet or puts and, and Twitter, as I said, is very, very easy for that. Mm. So I would always go to anyone who you know, who uh, can help you. Um, you know, there is, uh, it was only me at the fringe uh, because we didn't have a very big team. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have a big team and there was, let's say, 10 people working on your show and everyone has Twitter, then they tell their friends and then, then their friends tell their friends. So, you know, you increase your reach. Um, but I would always think of who else can help you, uh, whether it could be your school, whether you could be an organization you work for, you do some charity work, you are a volunteer. I would really go to anyone and I think with with Twitter, it was quite straightforward because, you know, you email someone and you say, would you mind tweeting about it? And they do that. With with Instagram, you know, they need to put a post. It's simple, in simple terms, or they can put a story and tag you and that's really uh, what happens. Um, so I would always explore various options about um, regarding social media. Um, then um, what else happened was, you know, when when you are there and you know reviews start to come out and it wasn't my favorite it was my least favorite thing to be quite honest because very often as soon as a reviewer if a review comes they tag you in you know on twitter and then you you get like ping sound comes and you go oh my god here we go a review and so I actually deleted Twitter and then I needed to upload it again to put some more photos and then deleted it and then I thought okay I need to have it because there was no other way that um, you know I, I can't be just you know deleting and uploading Twitter because uh, you know I have two accounts so that I needed to go through verification so I left it. But what I noticed people do, which was completely new to me, was as soon as the reviews were coming out, um, people or producers were cutting out their, you know, the stars from from the review, like four stars, and they were stapling them to, let's say, leaflets or f posters that we had at Summerhall, which was kind of new to me. I didn't I didn't understand that. I was thinking what what are people doing? But then I understood well, of course you you don't want to you know print another poster. You it's sim you just simply print the stars, four stars and staple it. And then whenever there was another review, they would sta staple two two reviews and it was more and more and more and more for people to see that it was an amazing show. I actually didn't like that. I to some extent became metaphorically uh, how to say that allergic to the stars because then I could see just posters full of stars and it was just really really weird um, I most of our reviews were three stars um, uh, and I I think it's amazing and I was really really pleased with our reviews uh, but then I was told, Remy, three stars, you really shouldn't be using three stars because it's, you know, it's, 
it maybe should be four or five stars, not three stars. Um, so that's what it was. And uh, so I didn't. I used just like phrases from reviews, to be quite honest. Um, I know that certain shows, there was a show at uh, the at the Travers that got one star, but they also got five stars. And I think it's great because it's very polarizing and I love theater like that that people just say it's it's crap or it's great so that's that's great but with with intruder intrus because we got three stars but i got really great reviews like me as a performer and the reviews were great like thought-provoking disturbing heart-hitting I love words like that. I want to do theater like that. So that was great. Uh, I also was told, Remy, maybe three stars. We would maybe advise not to. So I never used three stars and I never put all these stars on leaflets. Actually, I didn't have any leaflets. I not, there wasn't many posters, so I never used it. But I know people do it, did it. You probably know that people do it. I found it new. So, uh, you know, um, this is also a way of promoting promoting your show. And it was just mainly, you know, um, getting along with it, mainly a Twitter. One other thing that I think is also I just remembered um, is that, you know, at the very beginning of the French, you know, there was not a lot of audiences and, you know, everyone is struggling for audiences. There will be like, you know, three or four people coming to see a show. And yes, there were theatre companies that would say there was no tickets sold for tonight. I think I even said I had three people. And it's interesting because when you do mention it on Twitter, like I have only three tickets sold for tonight, for some reason others start retweeting that tweet uh, to help you to increase uh, the engagement or traffic, which is great. Uh, I know that there was a company that I think they tweeted there's nobody coming to the show and then they went on the BBC and then all of a sudden the show was sold out. I would always say don't hesitate to mention that you have only two tickets sold because then actually that can increase um, and uh, you can have more people. You can even mention it to box office staff. They were, they were super, super helpful and they will really um, encourage people to see your show. Um, so that was uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I think that's really it as far as promo. Um, as I was saying, you know, it, it, I will talk about it more um, when I now talk about extension because that overlaps um, with promo and uh, what happened there. But I think uh, as far as promoting your show, I would always say maybe Twitter and Instagram stories are useful. So then moving on into the extension of the run. How did that come about and were there any disadvantages and advantages of that? Um, so when I was doing my show, uh, we initially planned that I would be only there for a week and a half till the 14th of August. Um, and um, then... When I was performing, I had such a great time doing it that I kind of felt, you know what, if I actually stop now, uh, 
I would, it would be like uh, the plane plummets into the sea and I actually wanted to land at an airport. So I thought, well, maybe I could explore having an extension, doing it a little bit longer. So I then approached and emailed Tom, the programmer from Summerhall, who emailed me and he said, it was towards the end of my run and, you know, audiences were increasing uh, and then uh, Tom said, Remy, we actually need to explore when we could do it and uh, which space. Because I was doing it in the demonstration room, but then because, you know, we planned it only till the 14th, then after me, when I finished performing, there was another company coming and you know, performing their show in my space at the time. So, you know, uh, we needed to find another space which would be similar, like a lecture room, and actually what time. Um, so there was another a room, um, an anatomy room, that was available, but we were not really sure whether the company that was performing there, they also wanted an extension. So... I think there was a conversation to be had whether they were going ahead with that extension. But then I think it turned out that they were not. And then we kind of took uh, their spot because they were leaving. They didn't decide to go. Mm, they didn't extend or they they, they left Summerhall. And um, Anatomy Room became available. It was a different time. It was, I think, around... 8.20. Initially we were at 3 in the demonstration room and then it would be in the anatomy room at um, 8.20. Completely different time. Um, so it was possible uh, and then Tom emailed me on Sunday uh, on the very final day of my performances, the first batch, saying that we could go ahead with the extension which was amazing. I was really really pleased and then Monday was the day off for everyone. Tuesday we would go into tacking the show into the new in the, in, the, in the anatomy room with the new technician because my old technician uh, they were working on another show um, at 8 o'clock so they couldn't do it and then we needed to rehearse the show with a new technician so we did it on Tuesday and started doing the run on Wednesday um, and then we did it for a week and a half um, the space was the same, maybe slightly smaller. I I really, really enjoyed uh, performing it in that space. But then one day I went to see a show in the demonstration room, uh, in the room that I had been performing originally, and I loved that space. I actually thought then that that, that space was meant for me, and I was, I knew I was meant to perform in that space that was in the demonstration room. Now, you may be thinking and asking, thinking, uh, thinking, asking, thinking, um, Remy decide which word, um, what, uh, what time was better? Was it three o'clock? Was 8.20? Well, you know what, to be quite honest with you, uh, I really liked 8.20. If I was to choose uh, which time, I think I would have gone maybe for three o'clock. Um, for some reason, uh, it was halfway through the day. In the morning, I could do my warm-up, then head, 
for summer hall, do the show, and then the rest of the afternoon and evening I had to myself. 8.20, um, I then had the whole day, which was also great, uh, but then I couldn't see loads of stuff, um, and... Uh, and then when I did my show, I then went straight home. I mean, I'm talking about the show at 8.20. Uh, so probably I would have gone to... I would have done the show at 3 o'clock. Also because it's not... It's not very busy. 8.20, it's a busy time. And uh, there was loads of people who come there. And, uh, you know, they want to see their favorite shows. So they may not come to see your show. Uh the good thing about having a show also at the same time when you have very busy shows is that the busy shows are sold out and then box office stuff can direct the audiences to your show. So that's always that's always a good thing. Mm, uh, one of the things that we all needed to be aware of and Summer Hall staff were super, super helpful. Tom especially and Ollie and everyone. Uh, Tom um, emailed everyone and said, okay, we're going with the extension for Remy, but we really need to boost, uh, you know, uh, promotion. Because to be quite honest with you, we were not in the program anymore. Like we were not existent. Nobody knew about us. Um, so we needed to increase our visibility on social media. Oli was very, very helpful, the social media person from Summer Hall, like putting uh, info about um, intruder intrusion or resharing or putting on stories. No, they really did her ut their utmost best to to promote the show and I was really really happy and you can also see in audiences I mean the first half of our run well the first run till the 14th audiences were growing there were like 30 or like 40 people in the audience and then uh you know uh the second run like half of the French it was building the audiences from scratch because it was like a new run so it started with you know one or three people and then it was eight and ten or you know more mm, and then towards the end there was hardly any people because everyone had gone home um, so then we were promoting you know uh, as I said more and more mm, two things I want to talk about is postering and then um, to the end of the fringe, as I was saying, you know, there was no audiences towards the end. And um, which, you know, it can be disheartening because you want people to come. But then it was the end. So people are going home. Um, but the way I approached it uh, was I'm not really sure if I didn't talk about it before, but maybe I can repeat it. I used it for our social media content. So me and the new technician, if we didn't have any people in the audience, I would say, okay, why don't we use this hour to maybe record certain clips, videos, to put on social media. Even today, I posted something from Summer Hall that we recorded because otherwise you wouldn't have any content. So I always tried to use, make the most of our time to take some photos, do a scene here and there, and maybe it, use, it could be useful. Um, 
Uh, one other thing about、uh, postering. So when I got extended, you know, as I said, I didn't have any stars or I didn't do any of the stapling on my posters. And then we agreed with Summerhall staff that I would go around Summerhall and check my posters. So where are my posters? What you know? How can I、uh, maybe increase my visibility and tell people about it? Because you know, people still. See them in toilets and and various places, and actually, when I went and checked on intruder posters, I couldn't find many. There was, I think, one outside, one in one toilet, but that was really it. There was supposed to be five posters, but I couldn't see any. I have no idea what happened, so I reported it back to the team, and they changed、um, my posters. They put them in different places, maybe added some of them. It was interesting because, you know, I really didn't feel like I needed to check my posters because I didn't really know. Uh, where they were, but then only when I was doing my extension, I wanted to put a little bit of a piece of paper and saying, you know, to say, run extended, so that people know. And then when I started going around Summerhall and checking where my poster is, I couldn't find many. Actually, I found quite a lot of companies. I don't know posters for a play in quite a lot of places. So I don't believe Summerhall put them. Maybe. Theater companies put them in in toilets and all over because there were certain companies that definitely had more posters than others, like like big posters. I don't know. Maybe if you go to a venue、um, and they have a deal with posters, maybe also check that、uh, you know. Your posters are there, or where they are, so you know what's happening.、Uh, and also, in this way, I increased my visibility for Intruder because then the posters were in more places,、uh, which was great.、Um, also, we had a trailer playing in in the foyer at Summerhall because we do have a trailer, so that was. That was also、um, helpful, and also now you know it's it's interesting because whenever I say now that we got extended at Summerhall, everyone says, "Wow, it's amazing, wonderful," which I didn't really think. Well, I didn't really think about it then,、mm, but now you know. Would I recommend you do half a run and then ask for an extension potentially because then. It can bear fruit,、mm, you know. Later on, when you are touring your show, and you can use it and say extend a run, because now I can see it makes a difference. It makes like it, you know people go, "Wow, oh my god, it's amazing、um, that you got extended." And I'm grateful to Summerhall for you know for offering it and helping me.、Uh, now, but I can't really say that you know. Maybe you should just do half of the fringe and then ask for an extension because that particular venue may not have a free room or it may not be possible. I was really very lucky、uh, to have been given that opportunity.、Mm. But yes, it definitely works in your favor when it is extended because just the whole idea of getting extended. People are really impressed. I didn't even think that it would work that way. 
so that's really the extension. And uh, yes, so yes, I talked about promo and then yeah, journalists and then press releases and and everything. So um, uh, so I think that's really all about that. And uh, finally, the industry. I'm just looking at the time. It's been 46 minutes quite long i think you can bear with me um industry interesting interesting things just industry meaning you know contacting casting directors maybe other directors you know people you really admire and respect i think everyone you know even at summer hall there were people that i've heard about and i approached them and i said hello that was great it's like the camaraderie it's it's amazing and um it's wonderful i i you know we we were there and you at the fringe and it's all about theater and some people are approachable some people are less approachable it it is what it is mm, i emailed quite a lot of people about my show i direct messaged people people who were directors who i knew were at the fringe some responded to my messages some didn't some got them five days later and they said they would never come to my show because you know they are busy or they had already left uh london uh i know that um you can go to ed uh, edinburgh fringe office and they you know if you're thinking of maybe touring you can go there and they can give you a list of uh, programmers that are at the fringe and you can email them i was very very busy so i only did it towards the end of the fringe and when i did email them quite a lot of people just emailed me back saying Remy we're already back at home mm, but I think it's nice to have a list direct contact for them so I would always recommend you going to um, add fringe office or even emailing them I think I emailed them and they sent me that excel sheet with all the email addresses mm, I normally approach people individually so um, whoever I want to um, invite I I just email them or direct message them and I don't think, you know, people find it hard or difficult. Why not? I did quite a big mail out to casting directors even in London. I I did get quite a few emails like congratulating me on my summer hall run. Interesting trivia. I saw quite a lot of tweets from casting directors saying that they were going to the fringe and I remembered who they were. So I emailed them and then I would get replies saying, okay, we'll see what happens. Or I would get a reply saying, I'm actually during the fringe um, towards the end um and then well i w i didn't know at the time that i would be doing an extension so then when i got extended i emailed them again uh the one you know the casting director that was to be the for the second half of the french and then they never emailed me back um but that's a that's another interesting thing of interesting funny i find it funny let's be quite honest mm, there, was, there was a casting director that works that she's based at summer hall and i emailed her 
And when I emailed her, I got an automated reply saying that she was on annual leave. And then when she came back, and that was literally when we got um, extended uh, um, that Monday when everyone had a day off, she emailed me back and said that, Oh, thank you so much for your email, but I just got from an annual from my annual leave, so I wouldn't be able to see your show. I hope it went well. But by that time, I knew that I was extended, though well, the show was extended. So I emailed her right away because I got it on my email on my phone, and I said, "Oh, no worries, but we got an extension, so you will be able to see it for another two weeks." But after that email, I never heard back. So that's that's casting directors for you, some of them, uh, at least, or one of them, or two of them. So you never know. You want people to come to see your show, but they they want to see it. They want they don't want to see it. They don't have time. It's it's how it works. Um, but most of the time, um, I had very nice encounters with people uh, one of the most interesting encounters i had was with uh, tim crouch tim crouch uh, uh, a very famous playwright performer who received first fringe um and uh, i've heard quite a lot of um things about him so i really wanted him to see my play and i emailed him i found his website and i emailed him and I think I emailed him on on Friday and then he direct messaged me on Twitter on Sunday and I was so happy and Tim said that he wouldn't be able to see my show because actually he had his show I think around the same time something like that mm, or, or oh yeah it was finished well it was finishing he he messaged me on Sunday and then I think he was saying that his show is at 8 o'clock and then my extension was at 8 o'clock so uh, we clashed and then Monday and Tuesday were coming off so he said oh you know I wouldn't be able to see it and I said well thank you so much for even um, you know tweeting direct messaging me and um, and that's all. Now on Monday, I was to I was planning to see a play by Ivo van Hove, uh, uh, a renowned director who was coming to Edinburgh International Theatre Festival um, with the play Three and a Half. It hours it took a little, a little life. Uh, I think it was a little life. If I a little. Um, I'm just uh, live, yeah, a little live that is going to be done in London in 2023 with the English-speaking cast. And uh, so I've seen his stuff amazing, uh, so I booked tickets. And then on Monday when I'm sitting, there were seats on stage. And when when I'm sitting on stage, I actually see... Tim Crouch like walking onto the stage and I'm thinking oh my god is it is it actually Tim Crouch who direct messaged me excuse me yesterday and it and actually I see him coming and then he sits in the same row that I'm sitting 
two seats like next to me empty seats <laughs> so i i'm actually i actually couldn't believe it so i googled him in front of him thinking is it actually tim crowd sitting next to me who i messaged yesterday he messaged me yesterday and uh and then it was him so i approached him and i said tim i'm sorry my name's remy but we were messaging and and tim was like oh my god remy yes i remember and i said i know it's quite bizarre i'm sitting next to you but <laughs> you know we didn't know that you would be here and and we we watched the play together uh and we chatted it was so nice um and then we said goodbye and we're still in contact on twitter so you never know who you're going to meet uh, i always say email people uh speak to them approach them when you're at the fringe or any other festival uh and you know you never know what can happen you can be sitting next to them at some point at a performance uh so that was industry uh and yes everything that i wanted to share so press press releases a promo uh, my uh ex- well the extension and industry uh and that's all it's about uh, how long uh, let me see uh, let me see um uh 96 sorry no 96 56 minutes uh i thought it would be 30 minutes um I wanted to talk about my experience of performing at the Fringe and my reflections, but I think that's going to be for next time, uh, next episode, and also talking about what's been happening with Intruder since uh, then. Quite a lot of exciting things, but also recording a podcast episode on some drama that is unveiling. That was to be next episode, but the drama is still unveiling, and I'm not really sure when it's going to uh, finish hopefully soon in december january i think it's going to be quite an eventful thing to talk about it um not very um happy but well it is what it is and it's part of my journey but uh, next episode potentially maybe uh maybe in january i will talk more about my reflections on the fringe and then what's been happening uh, since then with intruder until then uh stay well stay safe um and speak soon bye for now